a little GNR to get you going. That's how we do it. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Episode number 29. We are talking crisis communication protocols with Matthew Jennings, the director of communications at the Oceanside Unified School District down in San Diego. He's also an executive board member of CalSPRA, California School Public Relations Association. This presentation was recently done at SoCalSPRA 2019, our regional event for the LA Southern California area for CalSPRA. So excited to host that in Arcadia and really appreciative of Matthew for doing this really informative presentation. So this is one where it has a lot of good crisis communication protocol information within it, but it's also a great one where you can take the template of this presentation, the link of which is in the episode description and bring it back to your school district, your organization, and build upon it to go over your own internal crisis communication protocols. So really good stuff. We'll hear from Matthew in a minute, but big thanks to him. And thank you to everyone who came to SoCalSPR and supported it. Our sponsors, Blackboard and Thought Exchange. Really appreciate it. Good turnout and really, really good discussions. And our superintendent, Dr. David Van Alstal, was there as well, a new board member, for Calspera, him and I did a presentation, which was really enjoyed doing that. Uh, he's just one of those superintendents who really understands public relations and communications, so that was fun as well. Coming up next week in a few days, I also went to Capio in Newport Beach last week, and I have a presentation. I sat in a session that was really good. Many of them were really good, but this one in particular, I remembered to record Mark Standrip the Director of Communications and Public Affairs from the City of Fresno had a really good one about messaging, so look for that coming up in a few days as well. Tiger Woods wins the Masters. Oh my goodness, if you haven't seen the highlights or the 18th, the finish of that, that was really exciting. Hugs his kids and all that. Loved it. So that is... Um, that's where we're coming from today. A lot of excitement today. Um, if you're into crisis communications, by the way, I have several more crisis communication podcasts on my podcast, um, which you can get on iTunes, Spotify, and through Podbean. Most recent one is with Rick Kaufman, who is the PIO during Columbine. So him and I had a great discussion about crisis communication protocols, procedures, and things you should be doing. So that was really fascinating. To get in touch with me, you can check out my blog, ryanprforan.blogspot.com, and also on Twitter, ryanpforan, and I'd be happy to connect with you on there. All right, here it is, Matthew Jennings, Crisis Communication Protocols from SoCalSPRA 2019. So I know he's super busy, and I'm very appreciative of you volunteering to help us out today. So, Matthew's the man. Cool. I appreciate it. I love you, man. <laughs> love you, man. I love you, awesome. man. Cool. Hi, everybody. Um, so, we got the after lunch session, which is awesome. So, if you fall asleep, um, I will shame you, take videos, and we'll post it to social media. He's not kidding. So, please, fall asleep. He's not kidding. Because that's actually fun for me. Um, yeah. And so for those of you that don't know me really well, uh, I do like to have fun. I, I screw around a little bit and make some jokes. So I'm not making light of anything that we're talking about today. Communications crisis, none of that. But if we don't have fun, like what do we have? Um, so uh, I know a couple people in here have had the real fantastic benefit of working with me. A class clown here. Eyes forward, please. <laughs> and, uh, and, 
and Annette. So they know, like, I'm dead serious about posting you to social media. <laughs> um, going to talk about communication protocols today. I, I had the opportunity to... Um, to have your presentation not work? Yeah, uh, yeah, and have it not work. Um, stand by one. Stand by. So, um, who was at the Calpra seminar recently, the annual? Cool, okay, cool. So at that one, if you haven't gone to one of those, anybody not been to the annual seminar? That's another good question, okay. And you're a Calpra member? I've recently joined, yes. Excellent job, Steven, woo! Okay, it's really fun, so definitely go. I'm preaching to the choir then, but we share a lot. And so, just to set the stage here today, uh, you'll leave with a link to this presentation, so don't worry about taking notes, none of that. Um, you'll actually have an editable version, so you can manipulate it. If you like what you see, you can change this stuff, make it yours. Trust me, I've stolen plenty of material that's in here, so feel free to steal. Um, there's two parts to this. There's the second part, which is actually my communication protocols, which has a bunch of template messaging in it, um, a, a real quick one-pager for my district administration to follow in the event of crisis and emergency. Feel free to take that and steal that as well. I stole it myself. Um, anyway, so just kind of set the stage there so you don't have to worry about like, taking too many notes. There are a couple of gold nuggets along the way that I'll, I'll, I'll set you up for. Uh, hopefully, Annette's here for one of them, because one of them's hers. Um, just to establish my street cred a little bit, uh, 14 years in public education, going on like 15 now, I think. Um, I started at Newport Mesa all those years ago, teaching after school programs. I've uh, worked in the classroom, small group instruction. I managed two front offices for high schools. I served as a sub custodian for a bit, spent some time in the ed tech department, and uh, seven years in the public information office at Newport Mesa. And now I'm the director of communications at Oceanside. So, I've got like a crazy breadth of experience across the district, so I know what it's like to be a teacher, I know what it's like to be front lines in the, uh, in the schools and, the, and at the district office, and um, I have a lot of compassion for what we do just as educators, uh, full circle, which is cool. So hopefully that establishes a little street cred. Um, this presentation that I'm gonna show you is essentially the presentation that I give to my leadership team, and so I'm gonna tailor the conversation today so it's more specific to this group, but um, you're gonna basically see the, the presentation that my principals go through. And like I said, um, if you like this, you can just steal from it, use it yourself. So we're gonna start kind of right at the top. Um, again, <clears throat> I set up that this is the presentation that I give leadership, right? So we're not gonna dive into maybe necessarily the nuts and the bolts of everything that I would have um, on the screen with them. You know, some of this stuff, this group of professionals, it's gonna be second nature to you. Uh, we know that communication begins before the crisis, but the reason that this is so important is because our administrators don't necessarily think like we do. They don't necessarily have the same um, thought process that we do, right? We know that communication begins before the crisis, so what I like to do is I like to set them up with just some, just some things they need to think about before we get into the nuts and the bolts here. Uh, the big one is that we have to build capacity and trust in the way that we communicate before it hits the fan. So that's kind of the big piece that I'm trying to get across here is that we have to be establishing the fact that we're going to be good communicators before the emergency comes. So things like how are people treated when they come into your office or when they call, how up to date is your website, uh, are you keeping your social media feed up to date? Do your parents know that in the event of an emergency, they're going to be able to get timely and accurate information from your website and your social media feeds? That seems crazy obvious to us. 
but it's not. And I've got a really good example later in the presentation of a very recent event we had at one of our schools. And, um, and it's going to kind of drive that point home that they just don't think in the same way that we think. A uh, big one, too, which is how is your community notified of school events? Is that done in a timely fashion? Are they, or is it kind of last minute stuff? Or are they just inundated with phone calls, which is another thing we're going to discuss in a little bit as well. One of the things that Blackboard can help you with. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> you're right. And then, if you don't know Chris, man, I love Chris. He's a really good guy. So if you don't know Chris, you're not using Blackboard. Don't be afraid to talk to him because he uh, he he's not one of those pushy salespeople who just won't let your ankles go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the last one I'll leave you here with this. And one of the things I drive home is: Do you include your staff in communication before it goes out to your parents? Um, it's, it's really bad, uh, you know, if uh, your teachers are finding out about the message that you're sending home to parents when the parents ask your teachers about the message that you've sent home to your parents, right? But again, uh, a lot of times that administrator is just thinking, you know, I need to get messaging out, I need to get messaging out, and it just gets sent out, and it goes to the principals, but the staff's not included. And there's strategies and tips and tricks, and we all in this room, we understand those. So this is where, with the administrators, I take a little bit deeper dive, and we talk about what that means for this group. I understand that you know how to get communication out in the right ways. But that's kind of the importance of setting the stage here. And then the last thing I drill them on is just um, your day-to-day -day communication. So kind of drilling home the point. I use the TEAMS acronym. Um, I, I found some of it uh, timely, engaging, accurate, meaningful, strategic somewhere a long time ago in some communication thing. And then I, I made up the TEAMS thing. Uh, so timely is... Uh, is your information going out in a timely fashion? Because it goes back to setting that stage. If we're setting the precedent that we are going to communicate in a timely fashion, then in the event of an emergency or crisis, that's going to be the expectation from our parents, right? So again, some of these things are uh, you know, obvious to our room here, but not to our administrators. So is our communication engaging? So photos and videos, this is where I stop and I take a moment and I talk to our administrators about you know, telling your story through photos and videos because we know that medium is so powerful and we know using social media can be so powerful. So we have conversations around that. And being accurate, um, authentic, transparent, honest communication with your families, not trying to spin stuff. Meaningful, um, this is Annette's golden nugget. So if you have a pen, you might want to write this down. So news and information that community wants. Uh, Annette and I, I don't remember what presentation we were preparing for. We were sitting in her office one day and she, and she just spouts <laughs> off, oh maybe, she just spouts off, uh, pay attention to what communication our community needs, not just our need to communicate to our community. And both of us looked at each other and then ran to the whiteboard really quick to write it down before it disappeared because, you know, sometimes those great ideas just go. Uh, but it's so true that your communication that really speaks to meaningful and strategic. Your communication must be meaningful. It must have some value to the stakeholders in your community. And then strategic differentiated communication. And when you have this conversation with your leadership, make sure you go in there armed with some data. Products like Blackboard, School Messenger, whatever you're using, they'll give you data points. A couple of years ago, I found out in Newport Mesa, in one year alone, we had sent over one million phone calls home. Along with that data point, I found out that parents were hanging up after three seconds max, <laughs> which means they weren't listening to anything that the school was sitting home at all. And the whole room was like, oh, it was this collective gasp, like nobody's listening to my messages, yet nobody is listening because you're not strategically communicating. 
the bake sale goes out as a text, as a push notification, as an email, as a phone call, and it goes to both mom and dad, and probably their work numbers as well as their home numbers, right? And then the next day you have another thing come up, and then you're doing it all again for that, right? So we have that strategic conversation. And again, it goes back to, you might be surprised at some of the data you find. You might be scared when you start lifting the rug, and you look and you find out principles are just blasting people with stuff. But it, it goes back to, again, in this room for this conversation, we're not diving in deeply there because you guys get the message, but they really don't. They just don't think in that way. And they're being pulled in a million different directions, and parents are asking them to do this, their PTA, their foundations, get this out, get this out, post this to the website. And so a lot of times they only have time to react, and that's what they do. So in order to be effective, we just need to have the conversation around strategic, differentiated communication. And then we get into some of my favorite stuff. So, I like to define what is an issue, what is an accident, what is an emergency, and what is a crisis. Because I find often um, that there's confusion sometimes be behind, okay, when is an issue elevated to an emergency level? When is, it, when is it just me as an administrator, when is it my job that I'm just gonna be communicating with my school community, or when is the district gonna take over and help me define that messaging, or maybe even send messaging out on my behalf? So I basically got these straight from Webster. An issue is a topic of discussion or matter of dispute or sensitive subject, something happening there at the site level. An accident, unforeseen and unplanned event. An emergency is a serious situation that demands immediate action and communication that does not have to be life-threatening. So we're gonna talk about that as well. And then a crisis, which is really where our roles shine, is a critical or crucial point at which our response to an issue, accident or emergency, will have a significant impact on our district as Arcadia found out with the transgender situation. So um, I hope that it, I find that it really helps to define these. And my leadership team really connected with this. And it's helped a lot since this presentation for them to kind of take ownership of when they need me, when they don't, what is my <coughs> expectation, because I'm gonna share with you what my expectation is with my leaders um, throughout our district. And then I give them a tabletop discussion. And we're gonna actually do this today. So I give them some recent examples. Who in here doesn't know about Momo? All right, cool. Um, so I, I pulled some examples that have recently taken place in our district, but also things that are reading in the paper that have taken place at your districts as well, so that we can have uh, an honest conversation here in just a moment about these examples. We're gonna try to categorize these. Um, but you can take this presentation and tailor it to you know, what's happening there at your site. And I imagine every year this will change. So there are gonna be new things that you can float in here. We've got Momo Challenge, car accident in front of school, not school related. We have a student injury, a student hit by a car and walk into school. Sinkhole or a weather disruption, rain, etc. Racially motivated action or social media posts that involve students. Phone lines down and inappropriate staff conduct, be it an after school program or uh, you know, teacher misconduct. So let's just take one second. It's always terrifying turning over a room to a bunch of communicators. But let's take just a moment. I'll set a timer for two minutes. Uh, you can turn to the person next to you. You can uh, talk amongst yourselves. We all talk amongst ourselves, or we wouldn't be in this role. Um, but what I want you to do is just kind of, if you can, try to quickly identify how you would categorize these. Is this just an issue? Is it just an accident? Or are we elevated to maybe an emergency or crisis level? So I'm going to set a timer. Just turn, turn to your peers. And let's see if you uh, if you can categorize some of these and go. Okay. 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 
So uh, your participation is exactly how it goes when you pre present it to leadership. People just can't get into it. It's fun. It's a little cool game. Uh, who wants the right answers? Because this is the next slide, right? Yeah, right. There are no right answers, really. We all know that. I think I heard that actually quite a bit. It depends. And we're going to cover that. And that's one of the things that is important to impress upon your administrators. And, and uh, I do this. And you know, the first little bit of the presentation, we kind of rushed through because I think all that kind of connects. Any one of you could have stood up here and given this presentation with just my slides alone. But we're gonna take a little bit deeper dive here now on just a couple of these, and I'll share with you what I do with the administrators. Um, and we look, at, we look at a couple of them in depth. And so we've had an opportunity to kind of define, we've got the definitions, now we're gonna, we've tried to tag them on. Hopefully you found it easy enough to understand the definitions and how they can relate. Car accident in front of school. So, um, I would say, in the, the, the lead up to this was that it was unrelated. So a car accident in front of school, unrelated. We've all had that kind of a situation. It's an issue, right? It's a topic of discussion. It's probably not gonna go any farther than that. The question then is, do you send communication out, right? It's unrelated. Nobody's in, involved at your school, probably not, right? Uh, what if it's two parents, right? Then things may change a little bit. So I just kind of throw little things out like that. Like, what if it's two parents? Well, let's take it deeper. What if the accident happened at a hot spot near campus and parents are already upset? And now there's a heightened sense of upsetness. 
We'll cover that last bullet in just a second, but this happened just at our school a couple of days ago, and the superintendent started getting emails, the principal started getting, I've told you about this for two years, you know this is a problem, right? All of a sudden your messaging changes. Maybe it is unrelated to school, had nothing to do with parents, but parents are upset because they, their kids have to walk through that crosswalk or, or they have to drive through the intersection to get to school, and they wanna know what's gonna be done about it. Now, what if that accident blocked your school's entryway 10 minutes before dismissal? I would argue that now we're in an emergency situation, right? Now we've, now we've been elevated, right? Because that's really gonna screw up dismissal time. We had this happen just a couple of years ago, and I had just done a training at Newport Mesa and told, um, told administrators not to send text messages unless it's an emergency. And then literally like two days later, they called with this example. There's an accident, totally unrelated, it's blocked the driveway, dismissal's in 10 minutes, can we send a text? Yeah, I think you're pretty good. Yeah, you're gonna have to get alternate messaging, alternate drop-off locations, whatever that is that needs to go out. So the point is that it can change pretty quickly over time, right? Something that started out as an issue and it just gets them to think, okay, all right, I get that that's just an issue. I don't need to send out communication. You can see the wheels start to turn, which is cool. Let's go on to another one here, racially motivated action and social media posts. Red Solo Cups, anyone? 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 So no? No one? Red Solo okay. Cups? OCDE, Newport Mesa, anybody? No. <laughs> Newport Mesa's out. We're going to use a real world example, and I promise I won't, uh, I won't do it on Red Solo Cups. Um, so I've got a real world example for you here in a minute. And I hate to joke about that, but again, you know, uh, we deal in very high stressful jobs. And uh, the content that we deal with is very high stress. And um, if, if you don't have some levity to your life, you're gonna go down the rabbit hole in a dark way. So racially motivated incidences are just disgusting. And unfortunately, it very much is still happening. Um, it's gonna start out as an issue, right? You're gonna hear about it as an administrator through your parent groups, your communities, social media. It's gonna be there, it's gonna be local. Uh, but it's going to quickly escalate to a crisis. And we know it's a crisis, it's a critical or crucial point at which our response to an issue, accident, or emergency will have significant impact on our district. And I'll give you a real world example um, about my district. My second day on the job at Oceanside, <coughs> some students had a, uh, an assignment for uh, school and they were to come up with a board game. And these students designed a board game about being deported. There was three white students in a very uh, predominantly Hispanic community. And it wasn't necessarily hatefully motivated, but it also wasn't like to bring awareness, nothing. It was just they thought it was a good idea. So my second day on the job, and it's also my first board meeting. It happens to be a Tuesday, so it's our first board meeting. And it started out as an issue at the site level. Kids are talking about this. Through that afternoon, it quickly escalated to the level of crisis when human rights groups got involved gained traction on social media and the news, and then three news stations called me and said, we're gonna be at your board meeting tonight, and we've heard there's gonna be about uh, 200 parents there as well. So my second day on the job was turning out to be really exciting. <laughs> and, um, and I did get cornered by the, by the human rights groups. They did they, they'd circle me, uh, trying to leave the board meeting that night, and on the news was all the, the cameras, the microphones, and they were shouting and yelling at me. Um, that's what made the news, uh, but, if you're interested in how our district handled that, happy to talk to you after this session. We killed it. We totally owned it. And that was October 8th. By um, December like 16th, I was invited to both the human rights groups' Christmas parties. So our response to that was extremely strong and swift. My response to the media in our statements was extremely strong and swift. Um, and happy to share that with you as well if you're interested in that. Newport Mesa also, just on a side note, with the Red Solo Cup thing, 
um, also has done an amazing job on that. So if you're interested in that, hopefully I can talk them in to a future CalSPR session and we can talk more about that crisis communication when it really hits the national level and, um, and your reaction really matters. So that is just not a, it's just not, it's not a great fun conversation to have, but you really need to face it for what it is head on and find ways to proactively make change. Uh, we won't go into that in this room. You all understand the power and importance of that. Um, student injury, walking to school. So, um, get my notes here. We have a kid that's hurt. Principals are always like, what do I send messaging, right? Um, I, would, I would say that probably, yeah, it's an accident. So we're gonna define this as an accident. You know, again, this room gets it. We're probably gonna be talking about you know, we're sad to tell everybody, uh, you know, we had a student injured on the way to a school this morning, non-life-threatening injuries, you know, uh, we're always evaluating our safe routes to school plans, whatever that messaging is, right? You're probably going to send that out. But again, what if it's the second incident at that crosswalk a year? Does your message change from just, oh, we're really sad to hear about this student being injured to, okay, now it's an emergency and immediate action and communication is called for. And so um, kind of a real-world example on that was on Monday, uh, we had a parent, PTA president, flown out of a school, left out of a school uh, drop-off into the sun and mowed over mom and her two kids in the crosswalk coming to school. And so, um, okay, that's an accident. Obviously, we're going to be sending messaging home. But within minutes, the superintendent was getting calls and emails. I was getting calls and emails. The principal was getting calls and emails because it's not the first time it's happened this month. So it's a problem. And so our messaging needed to go out uh, pretty swiftly later that morning with an actual action plan moving forward on how we're going to make sure this doesn't happen again in the future. So again, it just reiterates the fact that these things can change pretty rapidly over time. And it helps principals because we actually work through this. So I'm going a little fast on this stuff with this group because you get it. But with administrators, you take time to talk through these situations that have happened, right? Kind of step-by-step -step thing. really gets them to thinking. And it alleviates a lot of work on our end because now when something comes up at a school site um, I have principals call me and say hey I had this accident They're using my definitions I've got some messaging that I put together based on the templates you've given me can you take a look at it and I pull it up and I change like two or three words in a couple sentences and I'm out it's kind of nice Momo challenge <laughs> right come on this is awesome right here uh, so we all know Momo she's a fantastic young lady Next slide. Next slide, please. Okay, so here's the deal with Momo. Uh, it was the last day of Calspra. I was just walking into the last session. I got a text, and, a, and it was a principal saying, um, San Diego ran a story on Momo. All the news stations picked it up. My kids are freaking out. What do I do? And I sat down with Ryan and Amber, and I was like, Momo's gone. I seriously got a text about Momo. Like, what are we doing about Momo? And, um, and uh, so... Ryan and Amber both had the kind of same reaction, like, that's long gone, like, I don't understand. And so then throughout the day, I kept getting more text messages from principals about Momo. And it's an issue. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Momo's a hoax. It was never anything more than just this artist's rendition of something terrifying for some nightmare art installation in, like, Japan or something. That's all it was. There's never been in the history of the Earth ever a documented case in the entire world of somebody harming themselves because of Momo. It's literally just a head. That's it. 
And there was these myths that Momo talks to you and Momo pops up out of nowhere and, and starts with like, go turn the water on in the kitchen to, you know, go spill soda on the rug to go get a paper clip and cut your arms, you know, and eventually leads to suicide. But it's all fake, completely a hoax. So what I did was I, I got my leadership on the phone and I said, we're gonna tackle this case by case. I'm gonna arm the principals with messaging. I'm gonna give them talking points and I'm gonna give them all the data behind Momo being fake. So they can confidently talk to parents and students when they come into their office and have that discussion about Momo's not real. And then I'm gonna arm them with messaging that if they believe it gets to the level of they need to send something home, they'll have that canned and ready to go. And so administrators really loved that approach because they got talking points, and then if it got really bad, they could always send something out. And I shared that with the Casper listserv, and I had several districts pick that up, including the LA County Office of Ed. And so if, you, if you're interested in that, it's on the list server. I can, I can get it to you as well. But I basically took a really strong approach to it and just called it for what it was. It's a hoax. It's not real. There's never been any documented cases of it being real. So we kept that at the local level. But this is a really good conversation with principals. Um, do you send messaging? And this is where I had that conversation of it's not always clear. We don't always know if you should send messaging or not. In this case, my approach to this was no. Because what we'll probably do is just call more curiosity to something that isn't affecting everyone that I really don't want kids searching for, like at all, right? So it's not always easy. Um, so that's kind of what we did as a district. And just for you guys here, uh, if it becomes a major topic of conversation at your site, then obviously we would send out messaging. And you are welcome for Momo, because I know you can't. Get that out of your head now. So that, that is Momo. Momo is fake. Momo is not real. No. <laughs> uh, did, wow. Wow, that is, that is embarrassing. I think that's Ryan Ferrand. That does say Ryan Ferrand. Wow, I'm really sorry about that. I don't know how this got in here. Momo's not, Mo, Momo's not real. Momo's not real. Knock it off. Um, so anyway, I was just going to say that. Um, oh, jeez. Okay, well. Uh, I'm sorry about that, Ryan. That is, yeah, I don't know how that guy is. Really lovely group of people, though, except for Momo. Momo's not real. So, uh, we're just, oh, God. I didn't even know Momo presented in Calspro. That's crazy. I, I didn't, when did that I present with Momo? Crazy. And you know what's funny is you can tell Nicole's like, wow, Momo is that. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I don't know. So I got nothing. Weird. I'm really sorry about that. Momo is not real. Let's be clear. Okay, so back to business. <laughs> so um, this is where I have the ask for them: is that uh, that they copy me on any messaging they send out at the accident, emergency, and crisis level. And this has been really good because sometimes, and I'm honest with them, sometimes I just need to know when and what you've sent. Um, a lot of times at those levels, we'll have worked on that together, but I just need to know because we're getting the call. <laughs> so we're going to pick up that phone when they send something out about the accident emergency or crisis level, and sometimes we just need to know that that's gone out because, again, a lot of times we're the public confirmation office. Um, I also tell them that um, you need to remember not to send anything out that you don't want to see in print or on the web or on social media. And that seems so glaringly obvious to this group, but I, I urge you, please, um, reiterate that to your leadership team, because they just don't think in terms of our world. A really good example was, uh, and this is kind of a downer, uh, but we had a, we had a girl that was totally uns not related to school, uh, a middle schooler, 
she was on PCH with her mom, her grandma and her aunt, and they were hit by another car, and it killed mom, grandma, and aunt. She survived. And the kiddo that hit them was a previous graduate of ours as well. So it was totally connected right back to the school, even though it was completely unrelated. And media got a hold of it, and um, I got a call from the principal, and the principal said, hey, um, I've got a reporter here in my office, and she's asking me questions about the kiddo whose family was just killed in the accident. I was like, what do you mean you got a reporter sitting in your office? He goes, well, I'm sitting here with the porter right now. He's like, okay, step out and call me back, right? So he steps out, calls me back, and I start kind of asking some of those plotting questions, like, okay, what has your conversation been? And it turns out, you know, he's talking about some things that probably we shouldn't be sharing with media. And I expressed to him that we shouldn't be sharing some of these things with media, and he said, well, I've already sent the email to staff. So, Later that day, I go out for one, one visit with the principal and I just have that conversation. It's real open, it's honest, and, and I just share that, you know, what if our gal comes back to school and she doesn't want to have had that story told? Or what if she wanted the right to tell that story or not? And it really hit home two days later, two days when she returned to school and said, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want people to know about it, I just want to put my head down and work. And then he called me and he was in tears. And so, they just don't think in terms of kind of what we deal with in our world, and they don't realize that that information is power and that it can't have that devastating effect. And it's just a really good time as you're talking about this stuff to just reiterate the fact that it is, you gotta be really careful. You don't have a policy where, you're, where you ask the principals not to communicate with media if they show up at the school sites? I mean, usually you should have that. Yes. So, I mean, unless they disregarded that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, of course we do, right? Um, at that time, uh, I hadn't had the opportunity to make a connection with that principal either, and so I'm, I was still kind of new to the district. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know that administrators are gonna do what they yeah. do anyway, um, but it's really important, especially if you have an example like that that you can, you can use to really drive home the point that they need to be really careful. Um, it really hit him hard when I said, you know, you do realize that um, this is going to be a, a lawsuit. Like they, they, these two drivers are gonna have a legal wrangle, and now you're throwing us in the mix in the media and, and talking about, you know, I won't get into the specifics, but uh, trust me, he'll, he'll call me next time before that media comes to the office. <laughs> um, all right, so this is where I reiterate that um, our office is literally there to take things off their plate in the event of a crisis and emergency. And this is where the room kind of collectively sighs. So um, I make sure that they know that in the event of a crisis or emergency, I'm, I'm going to take all responsibility of the media communication off of their plate so they can meet the nature of that emergency and just deal with their students and their staff at school. And the whole room usually kind of sighs when you say that, right? Like, oh, thank God. Um, and I think it's really important. And then I go on to tell them that my primary objective is the same one that you have. My primary concern is you, your staff, and your students, safety and security, and not disrupting your educational environment. That's my number one. Not the media, not the story that they think that they need, not their deadlines and all of that nonsense. I'll deal with that and I'll meet all of that. But my only focus is you and your school and making sure you have what you need. And I just, I say it that strong, and it gets a really good reaction. They like it, they like knowing that they're not gonna have to deal with all of that. Then I go on to tell them that, hey, you are the leader of your school, so I'm not saying that you're totally absolved of this mess. 
You may be called to go on camera. You may be called to speak to your community. And I will help guide you through that process should that arise, right? What up, Momo? Momo's here. Um, so then we talk just a little bit deeper on media relations. And I don't get too deep down the rabbit's hole here. But they are oftentimes the first person that receives the contact from the reporter because they know if they go through us, they're going to get the PR spin. They may get put on the back burner. So they're going to reach out to the school. They're going to get the calls. And I like to make them very aware of things like off the record. In this room, we may have that luxury. There's a debate on whether it's really off the record or not. We're not going to talk about that today. But you all know that we, we develop relationships with, with our reporters and our media outlets out there. And sometimes we can give some backstory on stuff. But for my administrators, it doesn't exist. No off the record, OK? It's not there. I always make sure that they don't just hang up the phone saying no comment. There's always, as this room knows, we're not going to get into the weeds here, but there's always that opportunity to message, always. Uh, we can talk about um, you know, student staff safety, number one priority. We can talk about our protocols and how safety procedures were followed and how uh, we're always looking at making things better. So uh, there's always the opportunity to message. Again, in that situation, they're sending this information to me. They're sending those reporters and media to me. I always tell them to be cautious of reporter friendliness because there's two sides of the reporter, right? Sometimes they'll be really nice and try to get information. Sometimes they'll be very pushy. Also, leading questions, like we heard earlier, you know, uh, in Ryan's awkward interview, uh, what went wrong? You know, how does it make you feel? Or what will happen? You know, who's at fault? You know, sometimes they try to get more information out of principals. And I just like them to be aware that these questions may come at you if you're going to pick up the phone and entertain that conversation. You need to be very clear. They can come to my office, I will handle this stuff, but you also need to be very um, careful of what you're doing on the phone because they will try to get it out of you. They're very good at what they do, that's why they do what they do. Have you coached principals like in that next step of like, what, you know, because I've had, I had this happen one time, they're like, I didn't know what to say, like, mm -hmm. you know, how could, they're calling me, they're asking me these things, yes. so um, that that's like an important piece, like always a reminder, like you said, you know, the policy of like, don't yep. talk to them, but they're like, but they were here, and. Exactly right. And so the second piece of this is the um, communication protocols that we're going to go over in just a minute. That's one of the big kind of connections to that. But yeah, when I have stuff like this, oftentimes I'll draft up talking points and I'll give them to my board, I'll give them to my, my cabinet, and then uh, a lot of times that principal that's affected so that they have those talking points and they, you know, they'll give them to their front office so that they can, they can have something to fall back on so that there's something to say. And it goes back to there's always an opportunity to message, right? And then uh, communication protocols, which you've seen, also speak to that. So then I talked to the administrators about you know, recent events and what went right. And I give them the wins, right? Because you got to give them some wins because the next slide's going to whack them over the head. So you got to give them some wins, set up the stage. So we talk about you know, things that they've done well. Uh, we've got to talk about you know, maybe the fact they kept their websites up to date or they did really good on getting the calls out to their parents or taking calls. Um, you also want to talk about um, don't hide. So if there's something going on, don't just ignore the phone calls and don't start, you know, don't ignore the emails that are coming in from your parents. And it can be sometimes as simple as an acknowledgement, right? But what I find is administrators, if they don't maybe have the answer or the words to say, they just don't say anything. And then the email sits there for a full day. And then the next email is going to be to the superintendent because the principal never wrote back. And it can be just as easy as, hey, got your email. We're working on it. I'm going to have more information out this afternoon. But these are the things that this room thinks about. Sometimes our leadership doesn't because they're in the thick of it. Then the next slide, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't call it like the hammer, but uh, I heard the analogy that data, like when you look up data, that's a light bulb, and you're supposed to use it as a light bulb and not a hammer. 
But we all know that emergency communication is very much a hammer, not a light bulb. So it can go south and really quick. Um, so these are the things that you know I generally find um, that just need to be discussed with my leadership team. And that's letting me know immediately of media contact. Um, letting my team know that I'm not as concerned about the deadlines that they have media-wise as I am concerned about them meeting the nature of the emergency at their site and having the resources and tools to do that. Also involving my office at that accident emergency crisis level. Sometimes it's just a BCC, so I know what, what went out and when. And then attending to the order of notification, which we're gonna cover next. And then make a checklist of who you've communicated with. Don't forget social media. So a really good example of that was my district is really unique in that we have three schools on Camp Pendleton. So three schools on the military base, which is really fun to serve the military families. And uh, we had a sinkhole wash out the one and only road that went to this particular school and the neighborhood behind it. So like several thousand people in this neighborhood and the school, there's only one road in and one road out. It's a little two lane road. And there's big giant muddy wet fields on both sides of the road that go on for like a mile. So there's literally no other way in and out. And the rains came a couple of weeks ago and washed out the road. And so we had to cancel school for a couple of days until the military and the contractors could figure out how to do a bridge, a temporary bridge. Well, the school was really good about updating the website. And I got a call like day two, and it was from base leadership. And they said, hey, parents are calling because they're going to your, the website of the school. And they're looking at the, social media, the Twitter feed, and it's not saying anything about school tomorrow. So nobody knows if there's school tomorrow or not. So I'm on the phone. I pull up the school's website. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they scrolled past the giant red banner that said no school tomorrow to get to the social media feed. Yeah. So, all right, that's fine, like, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But I had to call the school and say, hey, make sure you're updating your social media feeds because that's where people are getting news and information, right? So it's, it's keeping that checklist and just making sure that those expectations are clear that in the event of an emergency, it's gonna be websites and social media, not just your calls and your emails and the text notifications because people are gonna want that updated information. So that brings up a whole other great question. And the answer right now is no, but it's going to be a yes. So one of the things I just developed was a, a presentation to leadership on social media. I'm giving that in a couple of weeks, kind of like when we bumped into each other and I was just going to do this one. Um, so a social media presentation, and my ask is that I have access to all of their social media logins. And it was actually a really easy sell, the principles that I've already had this conversation with, because my sell is if you leave, or if whoever has those keys to your social media feed leaves in maybe a not great situation, I still have access to that feed to hand off the reins. Because we have several schools that haven't updated in two years because the administrator's like, oh, I don't know, so-and-so left, they were mad, and they didn't give anybody the logins. So yeah, it's like you see some heads nodding, right? But So that was, that's my sell to having that login information. If it helps, we have five district people, including myself, who are on every single Perfect. Facebook awesome. And then we also have a, a shared document for all the Twitter and Instagram yep. accounts on Google. So that's how we overcome that because we've had that happen so many times I wasn't willing to do it again. It's so true. And then you have these great social media feeds that have like, you know, a couple thousand followers and then it just dies because nobody can log in anymore. So it's a really good question, really good point. And uh, I'm actually really excited about that social media presentation because I've got data behind what platforms to use and why and um, it's, it's really cool and the power of social media. Um, yeah, and, and how to get analytics and all of that. So uh, that's social media. So now we're going to talk about uh, emergency communication protocols. So uh, the set of emergency communication protocols I've stolen from about everywhere. Uh, and it's, it's something you may or may not 
want to do, you can decide your threshold of pain here. But what they are, and Ryan, if you could help me open that, that's that other document. Um, what they are is, it's a, it's, a, it's a document full of template messaging for just about any scenario that can come up. And I get that from Inspra, I get that from Calspra, I get that from messaging that we've crafted in other areas I've worked. And the first page is, uh, this, is the, this is the document, you'll have this as well. The first page, thank you, Vanna, is my table of contents. This is a Google Doc. Um, I need to make, I'm, it's gone on, I've added messaging recently, and so I'm gonna make this a little bit smaller, make it probably two columns or whatever, so it fits on one page. This is a Google Doc, and it's all, these are all hyperlinks. So if they're here to get, you know, number 16 shooting incident on campus, and they click that, it takes them right to the template messaging for a shooting incident on campus. So it's really easy to navigate, really fast. It's a Google Doc, so they have access to it anywhere they are. They can only view it, and I can always edit. So as I update and keep this current and make changes to template messaging, they can always come back here and get the most current information that we've sent. The first page is the uh, messaging protocols. And so this is where we had that conversation on what do you do as an administrator in the event of an emergency. And it, it just says here that every emergency situation is unique. You can alter any of the template messaging to fit your needs. So just because I've written this template message doesn't mean that's exactly what you have to send out. And it also can be mixed and matched. So you may find little verbiage from certain template structure that you like to go with this little verbiage that you like from a different one, and I'll show you all of that. And then we have our protocols. And this is a big one, because I don't know about you, but I still get questions, can I call 911? Like teachers ask, can I call 911? But it's very important to reiterate the fact that you can call 911. Anybody can call 911. Step one, call 911, <laughs> right? So even when I presented this, they're like, what about our teachers? Yeah, man, you teachers. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Please, don't, don't start trying to get a hold of me because I'm not going to show up there and help you. So 911. Number two, uh, get a hold of a live person. So don't just call and leave a voicemail. Get a hold of a leadership team member at the district level. Let them know what's going on. Um, yeah, so. That's not so bad now. I think people kind of understand the fact that they, they need to get through to somebody. Um, but I have had difficult, difficulty with that in the past. So as you call over to your supervisor or associate superintendent, get someone on the phone. Um, district administration then will take over communication from there for you. This is our policy, right? So we are going to handle the outreach to our board of ed and all of leadership, maybe executive cabinet. You just have to get that initial person on the phone so somebody knows something's happening at your site. And then, uh, like I said, number four, we're gonna funnel out that information as necessary. Uh, number five, law enforcement and first responders may take the lead on that uh, public communication or direction to district staff. And then, um, if appropriate, our office will collaborate with you on a unified message. And then, Ryan, if you could scroll down just a little. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I let them know that our initial statement is going to have the basics of what, when, and where, what we're going to do about it. We may um, follow up with information. We'll have that translated for you. And then number seven lays out all the things that they need to be thinking about as far as communication goes. So these are all the tools that are before them. In the event of an emergency, they can do um, their email to staff. Uh, they can do uh, website posting. They can send it out through our all-call system. They can do that text, mobile, you know, uh, email. And then um, I'll handle the external stuff for the news media. And then there's social media, of course. And then we will distribute stuff out to board and other cabinet members as appropriate. So 
It kind of lays out a very simple plan that's pretty generic. Anybody can follow that. And then I give them some emergency tips. So this is where I tell them, like, I'm going to give you a peek under the hood in my department. I'm going to let you kind of see what I go through. And I actually give them this document. They can come back here and look at it all, you know, as much as they want. But we talk about overall talking points. And these are things that, um, in the event of a crisis or emergency, that they'll probably want to work into their communication, whatever that template messaging is that they're going to pull up. They need to be looking for these items here. Again, we're not diving deep into that in this room because you guys understand this process. But I have you know, deeper conversation with them when we actually do this training. Communication tips, you know, concise, simple sentences, brief, to the point, don't bury the lead. Um, formulate responses in a positive manner. Know when to stop talking, don't ramble. You know, you, you give them that opportunity to, you know, stop, collect their thoughts, take a breath. Um, and then broken record, as Dr. Van mentioned earlier, just stay on message, stay on message, stay on message. If I give you talking points, don't deviate from those talking points. And then I talk about things like when not to answer. And this goes just back to the media training. So I've given them a little bit of the media training overview in the presentation, and then I actually give them something to leave with, right? Uh, what to do if you ask to talk to somebody about the, you know, a situation but they're not around, or uh, what if they're asked to give details about a criminal incident? Uh, what if they're asked something that wasn't in the approved message, or they're asked to speculate? What about placing blame? And what if we're just not ready to send messaging out? So um, actually, I think Ian sent out something after a previous Casper that was really rad. It was a bunch of holding statements. And I love that document. I have it up on my wall. If you, guys don't, if you guys don't have it, it was probably like 30 holding statements. And it was really rad. Just if you get a call and you're just not ready quite yet for that call, it was just a set of like, statements to put people in a holding pattern. Anyway, I give that to uh, them as well. All right, Ryan, a little bit further. And then it starts the, um, you did. I have, I have it from you. It we, was. We, we recorded or collected it from. Uh, Inspra. I took pictures from Inspra. Yeah, Inspra. And we typed it up at our office. It was awesome. I love that. So, yeah, we can share that. Pretty cool. And then here's the template messaging. A lot of this stuff is coming from Inspra, Calspra, other messaging that I've worked on. Uh, but if you, you know, it's, it's got like 30 plus something messages on here. And as we, as we go through another crisis, I just add it on. Uh, so everybody has access to the up to date template messaging. And like I said, this has saved a lot of room. That principal that had the mom and the kiddos mowed down on Monday had my template messaging up and within 20 minutes was like, hey, I got the template messaging, I put this together, what do you think? And I changed one sentence. And I was like, it's good, man, nice job. So it takes a little stress out of my workload because now I'm not creating that from scratch because I'm probably just gonna go pull from a template anyway. I'm not gonna recreate the wheel, but it gives them that power. When you're Tips, home. tricks. Yeah, all those things. So that way it kind of it gives the parents more power. Gives them tools, yep. It, it's not just the fear. It's, okay, here are some things you can do with your kids to try to, to take control. Yep, 100%. Absolutely. And so this isn't, this training here, or this topic we're talking about here isn't really like diving into the nitty gritty of that stuff, but absolutely, like with the Momo stuff, uh, if principals were going to send that out at all, there was resources that parents could go to about safe internet searches and how to set up protocols and parameters at home and 
how to make sure the kids are safe online and how to monitor the activity. Exactly right, yeah, if you're gonna be sending those high level things home, providing resources and empowering parents so that they can be successful in helping their kids at home, that's gonna be a lot better. So yeah, so this just goes on and on and it's just a long list of um, template messaging and you'll, you, you will have this. So you'll have a link to this, you can mess with it, you can change it, you can do whatever you want with it. If you don't like it, you can discard it. It's totally cool. Um, back to the presentation, Ryan. We are pretty well done. I was just going to tell you, what else? That's it. The last slide, which I have totally lost you quicker. There we go. So um, this is the last slide, so rejoice. Um, but basically, I'm just making sure that they know here that I don't always have the answer. Because uh, a lot of times, well, do I send messaging? Do I send messaging? I don't always know. I don't always know. Sometimes it's glaringly obvious, uh, especially in event of crisis or emergency. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a little bit more subtle. So how deep, how far? Um, when is the right time to send messages? This not, I make sure they understand there's not always a clear answer on that. So if they're ever sitting at their desk and they're just not sure if they should or not, it gives them that power to feel like, okay, they don't have to have that answer necessarily. It's something that we can work through together. Get your message out. This is a big one. Uh, when they put the, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about, Jake, which is when they're putting messaging together, there's always an opportunity to talk about what you're doing. When the mom was hitting the crosswalk, it wasn't just, you know, oh, sad day. It was... Look, uh, every single year we look at our safe, you know, routes to school plan. We're always updating that. We're always taking your input. We're always looking at how we can make that more effective and more meaningful. This is just highlights the fact that we need to continue that work, but with more, you know, vigor. Um, so there's always an opportunity to get your message out. Student staff safety, of course, that like is beaten to death, but it's important to say. And then, you know, you know, staff all the safety protocols or reacted immediately or whatever that messaging is. And then you know your, your community best and can determine uh, when and how to communicate. So just kind of, again, this slide just kind of gives them that power to make some of those decisions. So we're right at 2 o'clock. Come on. Any questions? Are you going to send out that link or did I miss that word? No, I will send it out. Okay. Yeah, we haven't sent it yet. Was that helpful? Yes. Yeah. 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 Cool? Yes. I think it's right, so helpful for just the advice and techniques, but like you said, bringing this back to our staff yeah. and empowering yeah. them yeah. will make our jobs easier. They'll get a good understanding of what we do, how we do it, and our thought process behind it. So when they start going through these after a couple of years, they won't rely on us so much. We'll have yeah. ideas. We'll know what to do with the media calls. But I think the sense of comfort just having this document at your disposal, you can have it any time. Cool. And I don't have to wait. You're doing another crisis. Yep. It's just principles. I appreciate that, Ryan. So I'll leave you with that, which is, uh, stand by one second. I'll leave you with that, which is after this presentation, uh, my leadership team, uh, my associate superintendent always does a survey. And this got the highest level of response that they've ever gotten for a survey. And then resoundingly, they begged to have Matthew come back and teach more stuff. <laughs> so again, this wasn't like, I wasn't teaching you. Like I said, like, Anybody could have stood up here in this room, read the slides, and done the exact same presentation I did. This was more peaking, okay, this is how we did it in Oceanside. This is what we were doing with our leadership team and how we talked to them about it. And I hope you find it useful. And now I'm speaking at every leadership. 
So the principals have asked for Matthew to have time at every single leadership meeting. It's twice a month. So I'm going to be in front of the principals twice a month, which is amazing. And it's all because uh, they really connected with this. And they fell in love with it. And they echoed the same thing. Like, this is amazing. I can't believe he has this document. I can't believe he gave it to us. And so uh, it's been very, very impactful. You've got a part of it. Yeah, just to, just to piggyback on that. I mean, obviously, this is tremendously helpful for um, principals. And it puts them at ease. And it's going to make your job easier in the long run. But I would say, too, especially for new PIOs, this is how you become indispensable yeah. when you're helping the principals and once they see your value. Um, that to me, I, I know that a lot of new PIOs, they get in there and they're putting out so many fires and they don't know if anybody even knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. But when you can be that, that principal's best friend, help them with messages and help make their lives easier, I think that's when you just guarantee your, yourself a position for life. I, yeah. Echo yeah. exactly what you just said, and actually, my promotion in this district came from a principal. Remember, our Dr. Forsey went when David was the assistant sue and said, "I saw we're paying this guy. We better not lose him." <laughs> so then David had a conversation with our superintendent, and he became superintendent. But it came from the principal saying, "I don't know what we're, why we're paying this guy this, but we let's keep this guy." But that—that's such so true. Point. When I started in, in yep. Irvine. Um, we didn't have a PIO, and so a lot of the principals, you could tell, they were standoffish. They yeah. wanted to know, who is this person? Why are we giving them money? The yeah. teachers union people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Suspicious yeah. Of yeah. Big time. But oh, yeah. these are the kinds of things mm -hmm. that yeah. so true. Over. It goes back to Annette's question of how do you justify your job and yeah. Yeah. in those yeah. meetings. And when we had a big thing a couple of years ago with the whole bullying media thing, I had teachers come up to me and go, thank you for that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like that were in the boardroom, that were sitting there as uh, ATA representatives going, that was awesome how you defended our district and I appreciate that. But that's all those making those connections. Yeah, the, the return on investment uh, just has been really incredible. Uh, I'm getting uh, inundated now with requests to come out to their sites. Like, can you come visit my site? Can you come look at this? Can you come? I got this event. I got this. Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, all right, I'm here. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, um, to the, to the well, I can't even share some of the other great things that are happening. But uh, it, the, the return on investment has been really incredible. And the support from the board, because they're hearing it from the principals and my superintendent, um, has been really good. Because if you can make yourself indispensable, to the people that it really matters, that's what it is. I just want to say thank you because Matthew and I had this conversation at CalSPRA and yeah. we were talking about this. And then we were on a planning call and I basically sold you out. And yeah, I was thanks. like, um, I think Matthew should speak on this topic. And he I wasn't, wasn't on, on the call. call. No, and I'm like, but I think everyone would benefit from this that's one awesome. thing. And Ryan was like, yes, please do that. So. Um, cool. Thank you, Matthew, yeah, because this thank is you. really great. So. Thank you.